This is episode 13 with author of Burning Out Won't Get You There and co-founder and CEO of Enkindle Global, Davida Ginter. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. And finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week, I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest that will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Leadership is an active role. Lead is a verb. But the leader who tries to do it all is headed for burnout and in a powerful hurry. Bill Owens. There always seems to be so much to do in life within our jobs, families, friends, But if we don't take care of our mind and our mindset and we try to do too much and not learn the power of no, then we're going to end up burning out and not being able to accomplish anything in a positive way. So we have to really focus on what we say yes and no to so we don't have uh, burnout. Davida Ginter is the author of Burning Out Won't Get You There and co-founder and CEO of Enkindle Global an organization that's dedicated to supporting individuals and organizations and preventing burnout. She's a nonviolent communication trainer and participatory leadership facilitator. She currently resides in Israel and works globally spreading out the vision of preventing burnout and cultivating personal and social well-being. Davida, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to learn uh, more about preventing burnout from you today and, and being able to share this with uh, my audience. So, so I know you, uh, you wrote burning out won't get you there and it just released this year. Is that correct? Yeah, actually in September, just a couple of months ago. Yeah. That's awesome. And that can be found on Amazon and, uh, and I'll make sure to have that link in the description for people to be able to check it out and, and get a copy of that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And so the first line of the description of the book uh, says busyness, judgment, resistance to change, fear of admitting failure. Do change makers have to suffer to reduce world suffering or is there a way to avoid burnout? And I think that's just kind of encompassing of so much and great Mm -hmm. questions to start with. So kind of what got you started being interested in the topic of burnout? Yeah, what happened is actually a a day-to-day regular conversation with a colleague of mine. It was uh, three years ago. Uh, We both work in the field of um, social and ecological sustainability. So uh, we're both sustainability practitioners. And we were talking about people from our field, uh, some of our colleagues, that while they take care of basically everyone else, you know, the the planet, the environment, other people, the entire communities, they forget to take care of themselves. Mm. So we find it kind of an irony that people who work uh, towards sustainability neglect to sustain themselves. So we chatted a bit about it and we concluded with the sentence that you read from the book, we don't have to suffer in order to reduce world suffering. And I thought this is a great title for an article. I'll do some research. I'll, I post an article on, 
on this topic of suffering while you're mobilizing social change. Mm-hmm. But what happened is that I found so many stories out there and I realized how big this topic really is. I gave a word to it, which is obviously burnout. I didn't mm-hmm. even, I wasn't familiar with the term until then. <laughs> and this is how it grew to, uh, to be the book book project and then the organization in Kindle that uh, is dedicated to supporting others in preventing burnout. That's awesome. It's it's always cool to see the backstory of how people come up with the ideas that they put forward uh, and and put out there. So that's that's really neat to see uh, all the research you've done on that. Um, Mm -hmm. So with your research, what did you kind of find was the biggest or most prevalent causes of burnout among entrepreneurs or small business owners? Yeah, good question. Because you see, what's interesting is that there are so many different stories. Obviously, you know, we are humans, individuals, so stories are very personal. But at the same time, there are similarities. So many of the causes sound the same. (laughs) Yeah, so there's there's a big list here about what cause uh, causes burnout, especially amongst change makers, leaders, yeah. and entrepreneurs. But if I have to choose the two, the most common ones, uh-huh. I would say that the first one is the fear to to connect and seek for help and support mm. and advice. It's almost the fear to admit a failure or a struggle or a challenge for entrepreneurs specifically, because you mentioned entrepreneurs. For entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it's that fear to appear weak, either in front of the clients, customers, or the investors. While we know actually that if we are, you know, if we open up and openly share about our struggles and setbacks, we will get the support. But for some reason, we tend to hide it. We tend to hide this feeling of something is wrong now and really need the support and help. So this is one of the most common causes to burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that goes right with, uh, so pencil leadership, the first trait is being able to be humble enough, kind of put our pride on the shelf to reach out for help from people who have had the experience or has been through things already. So that ties right into it. I think that's a huge point. Exactly. And, and it brings up the question, why, why is it connected to pride? Mm. I mean, are we not successful if we are now coming up and say, Hey, we need help. I mean, yeah. who defined what is success? This leadership, exactly. leadership has to be mistakes proof. I don't think so. This is not what I realized from people who share their stories with me. And so this is the, the strongest thing that came up when we were afraid to share what's going on with us, right? We hit the yeah. wall of, of burnout. Mm. And I would say that the second one is definitely connected to the, the question of how to put self-boundaries, something around when to say yes and when to say no and when to say maybe, but to put those boundaries on different things. It could be related to work, when to collaborate and when to take on more projects or take on more hours maybe. Mm -hmm. But it's also about these 
you know, the personal sphere, the personal space, and how to differentiate between work and personal life. Because what happens is that change makers and entrepreneurs and founders, they are so committed to the cause of work. And this is great, right? We're passionate, (laughs) right? We're pursuing something really important. And this is great on one hand. And on the other hand, we are so committed and so passionate that we forget to put those boundaries and take care of ourselves and take um, necessary breaks and know when to just, you know, do something that is nourishing for ourselves that might not be related to work now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a huge one that I found with myself just trying to take on so much thinking that I'm being able to help other people by saying yes over and over when in reality I was stretching myself so thin that I wasn't being able to give a hundred percent to those tasks to those individuals and so being able to take a step back and say okay uh, I'm not going to be able to do that or not right now because I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself fill myself up so I can then give a hundred percent uh, to that task at hand for sure yeah and and you make a great point here because we want to help right mm-hmm. we want to do something important and meaningful which is again this is wonderful this is admirable but when we do that to an extent that we are not able to recharge ourselves then we are no longer effective helpful mm-hmm. productive right and and I'll take all of that and add another layer of blame and shame and self-judgment. So imagine someone like an entrepreneur or a leader already is stressed out because of different things, right? It could be work, it could be uh, something is going wrong now, but is now also feel this shame that is going through something um, so challenging. And that adds up and strengthen this feeling of um, being, you know, anxious, and then of course comes the burnout. Absolutely, so there's another depth to this problem. Yeah, and and we only have so many hours, so we have to really weigh what are the most important tasks or um, things that we need to accomplish. Uh, otherwise, um, again, we're just going to get so drawn down and beat down that we're not going to have enough left to do the most important things. And so prioritizing what's really, truly important and what's going to make the biggest difference. um, Being able to do that, I think is a good start. Um, Is there anything, any ways from your research that you've seen help people avoid burnout um, prioritization or anything like that? Or. Well, yeah, you know, so many and Mm -hmm. That was one of the questions that I posed to basically everyone that I've spoken with to write this book, because I held formal interviews, but also many, many, many informal conversations. Hmm. And I gained, you know, a ton of advice, really people generously shared with me. So I I gave everything in the book, all those practices and approaches. Hmm. But the first advice I want to give here now, which is really important, is that there's no one recipe. Mm. There isn't a formula. There isn't one advice that you can follow. Actually, when people 
think that they can follow other people's advice without it being suitable for them, it's even more stressful, right? Let's say that right. I'm seeing yeah. now all, yeah, I'm seeing everyone around me now meditating, right? It's really yep. trendy now. Let's go yep. to meditation. So this is great. This is serving them. I've tried it, not working for me. <laughs> I, you know, I can't meditate. That's, and that's okay. I find right. my, I find my thing in, in other practices. But if I think I have to meditate to be a good leader, I will be stressed out. Why is it hmm. not working for me? Right. So the first advice is don't follow blindly right. after advice that does not serve you well. Yeah. And don't force it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So test, try, explore, absolutely. But check if that serves you well and yeah. you know help you feel um, in, in a good place, in a happy place sure. almost. But if I still want to give some advice and practices, right. right, to give some ideas. So maybe we'll start with the with what we mentioned before, right? Mm -hmm. If the problem is that we are afraid to reach out for help and support, one of the important practices is to learn how to reach out for this support and mentorship mm -hmm. and cultivate a net of support. It could be from your colleagues, but also it could be friends that are not related to work. It could be reaching out to a mentor. And that was surprising for me to find out. I interviewed several mentors and some of them said, you know, people are shy, shy away from asking us to mentor them, hmm. but we want to feel valuable. Yeah. We want to help others. So right on, entrepreneurs, go and find a mentor, someone who can support you. So connect, find your nets of support. This is a great practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes to so many places. For example, we talked about boundaries. So a practice could be to learn how to let go and what to let go of. So you don't have to keep everything on your agenda if it's too much to take. And like you said, you need yep. to learn to prioritize, to realign your life and values. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So personally, do you have a couple ways that you deal with maybe the stress that could cause mm -hmm. burnout? I know yeah, you said meditation wasn't one, so. Yeah, um, <laughs> you caught me on that one. Yeah, I was asked this, that question just the other day, so I can easily come up with the answer yeah. because I reflected from, to myself. And I know now that for me, three main practices really, really help uh, to maintain my well-being on a daily basis. Yeah. One would be to write. I'm, I'm a writer, but okay. not only of, of this book. I like writing whatever it is, text, articles, journaling, whatever awesome. it is to kind of, you know, pour my thoughts on the, on the page and I feel like myself again when mm. I write. So this would be one practice. Another one is to be in the outdoors. I like hiking. I like being in nature, not necessarily alone. This is not my alone time. I can be with friends or family. Yeah. But just to be out there, you know, getting some fresh air in, Getting the stress Absolutely. out. Yeah. Already a better person. <laughs> and another one is sit down with a friend, with a good friend over a cup of coffee. And awesome. I have learned not to feel guilty if I'm having a coffee in the middle of my working day. I need that <laughs> coffee now with a friend. Yeah. And, and that's fine. That's okay. Absolutely. This, you know, it sounds 
counterproductive, but it's not. Yep. It's not laziness. It's not counterproductive. When I go and have a coffee with a friend now, I come back to my workflow much more energetic and creative yeah. and just, you know, I feel good with myself. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And and that's so important to have that like self-care where we know like things that we can do to rejuvenate us and to get us back on a positive path. Cause I know um, usually I'm okay. I have this, I got to go, 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 go. And I don't take any breaks. And I realize that it gives me so much worn down so much quickly and so much more stress because of that. But if I take a 20 minute break and I just go throw a toy in the backyard with the dogs or um, just sit in silence for me or whatever it may be, I like being outside as well. So just going walking around the yard, listen to birds. Like I come back, like you said, just so much more ready and focused. And, and I think it plays true. And I know there's, and the name escapes me, but there's a method where you, you work for 25 minutes and then uh, you take a five minute break, whatever that break is for mm-hmm. you to kind of get your mind rested for that short time. And then you do it again and the process continues. Um, and I think it, it could be so beneficial to a lot of people to be able to find those methods that really get them back on track. Yeah, absolutely. But, but here you can notice again, something really interesting uh-huh. is that you have explored for yourself what is working for you. Mm-hmm. So this would be the first thing, just explore for yourself, do yourself Absolutely. inquiry and go and check what's working for you best, what uh, practice can nourish you. And, and this is a wonderful first step, yeah. uh, you know, something to begin with, just explore what, what would you like to do that will Absolutely. help you with the flow. Yeah. Well, what would you, so if someone came to you and said, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling burned out. I'm feeling very stressed, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what to do to rejuvenate or to relax or to feel better, to relieve that stress. So where should I start Davida? What, what should I kind of try first? Maybe. Mm-hmm. So someone is already burned out. They feel like they're they burned out or stressed. They're, they're really stressed, but they have no idea what their relaxation thing is. Yeah, well, I must say that if a person comes in this situation, I already share admiration because it's not easy to talk about it. For sure. And I have talked with so many people that while they got burnt out, they just laid in bed for two months, not Mm -hmm. exaggerating now, true story. And so if someone comes and openly say, hey, this is how I feel right now, good for you that you already want to talk about it and, and get the support and the help. And I would say first, um, have a talk with someone who understands you, who you, you trust, yeah. right? Someone who will not judge you, someone who can share empathy. So what is empathy? This is not give, about giving you an advice. Yeah. This is about giving you the space to express yourself. We are For not sure. necessarily, yeah, we don't always need someone to tell us what to do when we <laughs> need empathy. We just need to be heard sometimes maybe more than it. But the first thing is to connect with someone you trust and feel comfortable with. And I, then I usually ask the people I mentor, especially in these situations, mm-hmm. what is your happy place? What is that place that you feel like the best version of yourself? Mm. If you can't come up with it now, think of the last time 
that you felt comfortable in your own skin. So why am I asking this question? Because yeah. there, are, there are different definitions for burnout. There's the medical definition. There are signs for that. These are good. But many people have shared with me that when they got burned out, what they have felt is that they are no longer recognized themselves. They could be angry or aggressive or annoyed or depressed or tired, exhausted. Yeah. They no longer recognize themselves. So I asked that person, when was the last time you felt good with yourself in your comfortable and happy, happy place? And now let's create this situation. And if you can't do, you know, create the same situation, yeah. Let's find something that is similar enough. Like you can't go, go back to Hawaii, for example, <laughs> wish, right? Yeah, yeah. This is your happy place. <laughs> okay, let's find something, the ingredient there that, that yeah. made you happy and bring it into your daily life, right? Because sometimes people mistake and think, okay, I'm burnt out. I'll just go to a vacation now, right? <laughs> I'll take a retreat. Everything will be fine. Not exactly. Right. Preventing burnout is about consistency. So the way to prevent it is to maintain well-being on a daily basis mm. in work and life. So find these ingredients that make you feel good and bring them into your routines. That will make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and that's just kind of what reiterating what you've already said is, yeah, just finding that thing that works for you and just adding it into your life is huge. But you mentioned... A little bit ago, just that there's different definitions of burnout, whether it be medical or, or whatnot. But with your research, have you found that there's different stages or levels of burnout? Well, I would say that the stages go a little bit before the burnout. Okay. So you have the, you have the basic stress, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know, some research shows that some stress to some extent, is a good thing because yeah. it could motivate you. It can create this adrenaline that drives you forward. This is good. However, when stress is not managed well, mm -hmm. when you cannot balance that and you cannot uh, use it for motivation, then you are stressed out. And that's already a bit problematic because you can't react well to the situation. You can't handle that well. And the next stage will be some sort of being overwhelmed with either data and information and tasks, or maybe the challenges that you are now facing. So when you're overwhelmed, again, if you're not managing that well and create this balance, whichever mm. balance that may be, then you go to the next stage, which is around anxiety and fear. And some people report that they are panicking. Hmm. And then the next stage is the burnout itself. So what is the burnout? It is when you hit the wall and you can no longer continue. So within the burnout, people have different feelings and different reactions. Like I mentioned, some could just stay in bed because they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Some right. need to be alone or maybe they're afraid to be alone. So they need to be surrounded with people all the time. But it's always very similar in the sense that you just feel like I said, you you are no longer recognizing yourself. You're burnout. You don't want to continue anymore with what mm. you have been doing before. Right. And the definition um, by the health, the World Health Organization, mm -hmm. by the way, um, the definition is that when you are burnt out, they define it 
in the context of the workplace. Hmm. So it's an occupational phenomenon. It's not depression. Yeah. It's related to the work that you do. It could be, by the way, a voluntarily mission, but it's still yeah. a job that you take, a work right. that you do. And so when you burnt out, you feel disconnected from the cause of work. You feel cynical. Mm-hmm. You feel disengaged, right? You might be negative to your boss or co-workers. So this is how it feels. This is the signs that we should be aware of. Gotcha. And I know you mentioned like with that listening to people who are burnt out, we have the empathy. We don't have to have an answer. Is there other things that we might be able to do to help those who are suffering with burnout? Besides just listening? I I love that question. I appreciate that question. Um, Because I think it's really, really important to take care of ourselves, but also to try and take care of others and just Mm -hmm. listen to what's going on around us, whether we are the manager or the leader, or this is a friend or a coworker. So thank you for that question. Yeah. And I would say, listen around, you know, be aware of of the signs, see what's going on with your friends and family and, and colleagues and whoever in your nets. And the support that you can hand is basically asking them, what do you need? What can I do for you? But what do you need and what do you feel? And these are two things, the needs and the feels. Mm. They basically connect all humans. Yeah. This is going to be to the field of nonviolent communication. Right. That I I practice uh, personally and professionally, and I find very, very helpful in that context. Uh-huh. What connects all human beings are needs and feelings. And if we can mm. ask someone and help them to express what do they need and what do they feel, it's already halfway to help them feel supported and held Hmm. and from that they will say exactly what they need and then we can see if we can support them or we need to refer them to someone else maybe professional help yeah maybe we can encourage them to go and have a conversation with their boss you know i was sitting with a friend last week Uh a friend really nothing to do with work but naturally (laughs) naturally the, the topic of burnout came up (laughs) <laughs> and yeah you know that that's my life uh, yeah, in the recent few months right. and she told me about her work situation and she feels that she's giving so much so many hours and energy and effort she's doing a lot of things taking a lot of responsibility but she doesn't that's how she feels that she doesn't get paid enough mm. and she's not valued mm enough for her efforts and so i listened to her i asked her how do you feel what's going on and then she said two things i already feel better it doesn't mean that i know what to do now but thanks for listening that's awesome so i asked her so you are asking me for advice what to do now i asked her do you need do you want my advice and she said well if you can think of something I, i i can do please share with me and i told her well it sounds like you have a lot to say to your managers. 
Mm. But you feel like you can yeah. do that. Like go to your manager and tell them how you feel. And she said, I don't feel comfortable enough to do that. Mm. But obviously, after articulating what I feel, obviously, if I will continue like that, I will burn out. Now I'm frustrated. Probably in a month time from now, I'll be burned out. So I might, I might do that. I might go and tell them. Yeah, that's awesome. Just kind of that little, little nudge she might have needed. It wasn't a whole big spiel you gave her, but just enough motivation and encouragement by, I think by she asking. Came, yeah. I think she came to the solution by herself or almost by herself. You know, sometimes that's almost the you, best. Yeah. Yeah. When you voice up what's going on there, you kind of have this realization. Yeah. But we all want to be heard. Right. In one way or another. Yeah. It's almost like we're, we're supposed to be the mirror for someone else. We kind of just let them kind of talk, maybe bounce, reflect some stuff back to them. And then eventually they're like, oh, yeah. So this is what, and they kind of, like you said, answer their own question. And I think that's sometimes better than giving the advice, um, letting someone figure it out on their own. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I think this, just this topic of burnout, is just becoming more prevalent. I mean, we hear more and more about work-life balance and the stress and, and dealing with the stress. And like you said, meditation being a bigger topic nowadays. Um, but I'm just, I'm thankful that uh, you were able to get on our show today and give us so much good information and knowledge. Um, we really appreciate it. And before you go though, I'd like to get your input sure. on the traits of pencil leadership. So five traits of pencil leadership. The first one, like we talked about was, um, being humble and, and knowing mm -hmm. when or who to get a coach and, and mentor. So is there anyone in your life who has mentored or coached you to help you get to where you are today? So many, so <laughs> many people. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for, yeah. I mean, any in particular, it, yeah, yeah, you have like one, maybe the one that really um, sticks out. The one that sticks out is actually someone from from my youth. This is okay. the first example yeah. that came to mind is that when I was a scouts leader huh. at the age of 17, uh, we got this big challenge to me and my friend to to lead this, you know, bunch of kids without an adult. I don't know. It was a very difficult year. <laughs> but one of my instructors um, from the previous year, we kept in touch. Uh -huh. uh, she was older than me, like six years older than me. Okay. And she she saw me. She mm. noticed what's going on. So she offered, why won't we have these weekly meetings that you will share what's going on? And I'll just, you know, listen. Again, this is about listening. I said, yep. sure, like someone is, is offering me this, this help, I'll do that. So we made it into this habit, like this ritual of yeah. meetings over, I don't know, like uh, coffee or on, on the phone when we couldn't do that. And I love that she always listened to me in such a trustful environment that I could tell her everything, like my mistakes, hmm. my failures, everything. And she was on one hand, accepting everything without judgment but on the other hand she helped me to face those mistakes so she didn't ignore them she didn't like pet me and said oh you're all good no no it's not about that right 
she helped me to see myself as I am and grow from there. So she was my first mentor. Awesome. I'm so appreciative for that, even if it was many, many oh, years Absolutely. Ago. And that's so awesome that at such a young age, you had one and, and recall, yes. and that's the one that pops in your head. And I think even, yeah, people now, younger generations can look at that and, and take that and be like, okay, I can be mentored. It's okay. I can learn. And yeah, the, the, the positive impact that it could have is huge. Absolutely. So the second part of pencil leadership is that um, pencils are sharpened to be more efficient. So has there ever been a time that you've been through that's been maybe painful or really tough, but looking back um, made you who you are today? Yeah. Okay. Many examples. Um, I had, I spent a year in Sweden. Okay. Um, in international program for mm. sustainability. I loved it. And it was a life-changing year, but it also very, very challenging for me, very <laughs> difficult. I was nurturing a, a young child, my, my, my uh, daughter, uh-huh. and a six-month year, uh, six-month uh, baby. Um, and I was trying to write a thesis under one year, oh, and man. I wasn't confident enough about my English and writing an academic thesis in English. And so that was very challenging, I bet. sometimes <laughs> painful. My yeah. ta- my son was teething while oh, I was no. trying to meet a deadline. But at the end, I realized if I, and I did it. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, I stepped out of this year so grateful for what had happened there and realized that when I'm out of my comfort zone, great things could happen. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at mothers, in general, all the work and stuff they have to go through and then all everything on top of it, you did it. That's a huge, painful, probably process, but so beneficial. It was, yeah, it was eroding for sure. Wow. That's so awesome. So the third uh, thing about pencils, uh, pencil leadership is that they have erasers, obviously to um, erase mistakes and to fix mistakes. So, uh, and you can answer this how you want. Have you ever made a mistake that you recall um, that you were really taught a valuable lesson from? Yeah, for sure. Um, There's one coming to my mind now that uh-huh. um, I, I served in the in the army. It's obligatory okay. in Israel, and I was an officer at some wow. point. And I just started my my role, my position. I had seven soldiers to begin with. And one of them uh, went to this, I don't know, she was sent to some kind of mission and it was difficult on her. And I didn't contact her all day. Mm. Um, I was busy with achieving other goals. I thought it's more important to pursue my missions. Uh-huh. And when she came back, she burst into tears, crying. It was so difficult for me. Uh-huh. Did not reach out even once. Where have you been? And I said, well, I was doing my own work. But obviously that was a mistake because I realized what she really needed is her boss, which was mm. me, yeah. to take care of her, to help her manage her stuff. Uh, even if it meant that I would have to delay my things mm. and that was a big lesson for me that when you're in charge of people you really need to be in charge also for their well-being and 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 their 
health or whatever yeah. it is emotional yeah wow yeah and sometimes when it's uh like real like 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 a person and you can see the pain or the emotions that it's caused that almost makes it even 10 times worse just because you can almost sense and feel their their yeah. emotions oh yeah wow. well thank you for sharing that the the fourth one um with pencil leadership is obviously a pencil as it gets used can get scratched or nicked um but the lead inside is the important part that leaves the mark so what do you try to nurture within you that will protrude into your life and leave or or make a positive mark so whether that be like integrity or your time management or fairness for example what what kind of do you want to ooze out of you that people see? Wow. Um, <laughs> I would say my real voice, my authenticity. Mm. To be really honest now, I've been trying for too long to please other people. <laughs> and right. Yeah, it's almost one of my biggest lessons since starting to write this book that I want to be true to my own voice. And yep. it's a big word, authenticity. But if you break it down, it's about being true to who you are and courageous enough to stand out there, speak up for what you care for, even if you know that you're going to step on some toes, but it's important to you to express those yep. values and your stand and whatever comes with it so authenticity that's awesome yeah and i i think so many people can can learn from that as well because uh we are all different and if we just mm -hmm. try to fit into cookie cutter shapes then we're not we're not giving our best to the world and to others and yeah so that's awesome that's a really a, a neat one yeah, authenticity so so the last one of uh, pencil leadership is obviously a pencil is made to leave a mark on whatever surface it's writing on. So after everything is said and done here on earth for you, um, what would you want your mark to have been on the world? That would be to make a positive impact mm -hmm. while thriving and be happy while doing that. So do meaningful stuff and be happy about it. That's awesome. That's a great one. Simple, but like mm -hmm. to the point, but so, so much weight behind that. Um, I think more people who could do things in a positive way, a happy way, I think a lot of things could change in the world, but I think that's very admirable, uh, Mark. And I think, uh, you're already doing a great job with what you're doing with your nonviolent you. coaching and your, uh, work on um burnout so again davida thank you so much uh just for being on the show today and bringing such great value uh, to our audience thank you chris for inviting me true pleasure to have this conversation with you thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show if you enjoyed the show share it with someone else and make a positive mark in their life also, head over and leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think of the show. Help me improve it as we go. And don't forget to check me out on Instagram at chris.anderson8 for motivational, educational, and behind-the-scenes info. 
Now let's go out and make a positive mark being pencil leader.